Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Billy Munger. And hi, I'm Johnny Herbert. Welcome back to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you flat out around the world of Formula One. On this week's episode, Johnny, is the home race, the Silverstone Grand Prix. First of all, what memories stick out to you for Silverstone? Because you got a few good ones, mate. Yeah, there hasn't, there hasn't been a few bad ones, I have to say. I'll tell you what, most of my good memories, although I suppose winning the British Grand Prix is not a bad one, it's actually the younger formulas going there in Formula 4, the Daymar, Mark Blundell, Bertrand Gasho, Martin Donnelly, Formula 3 as well. I think it was all those smaller races. What was the first racing car you drove round Silverstone then? What was the first your first experience of driving there? For me, it was a British F4 car. Yeah, it would have been a Formula 4. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been a Formula 4, so very, very similar from that. So right at the very beginning, so that was when we did the junior Formula Four season, so that was eighty four. So that's when the first time I I went to Silverstone. I was the I must admit it was the old Silverstone circuit as well. Very very quick, uh, all the way round from uh, under the bridge. Uh, no, it would have been the old woodcut chicane. Oh, it's that that long ago, okay. Billy. That long ago. <laughs> the old club. When I think of old Wilson, I think yes. of that bridge. They used no, no, no. Relief. I'm waiting yeah, for. Yeah. We've got the old club corner. Now, the old club corner was a mighty quick uh, right-hander before you go on to sort of the, the the pit straight as it is today, and it was unbelievably yeah. quick. Stowe as well. That was so. It was just a massively quick corner. I never quite got to the old woodcut, which was actually just a long right-hander past the old pits when yeah. then it was just where they put that chicane in there so yeah so i i and I've, I've been very lucky there's been some good changes uh but there's also been some bad changes as well we had a horrible one before bridge came in there was a chicane after you went through abbey it was a tight chicane that then went under the the bridge i think it was uh as it came over the circuit but it was that was horrible it was a bit mickey mouse but over the years They've always tried to invent sort of a new circuit, keep it updated with the changes of Formula One and 
MotoGP and WEC and touring cars and everything else. And I think you, well, hopefully you'll agree, I think they've got a, a great circuit layout now. Yeah, I absolutely love Silverstone, the track itself. Yeah, the most recent car I've driven around there is a British Formula 3. Oh no, Euro Formula car. I did Euro Formula there back in 2019. And yeah, just to drive one of those cars with a downforce through Maggots, yeah. Beckett, through Snow, awesome. Silverstone, it's a proper track. It, I feel like it's one of those circuits because of the high speed nature of it. It really unlocks the car you're driving if you've got you know slicks and wings you know if you're in a single seater car they a single seater car comes alive around a place like Silverstone yeah pretty much and a driver comes alive as well actually because as you said maggots you're on the edge maggots and beckets unbelievable if you've never been to watch it there it is something else they are so damn quick uh, and massively impressive massively impressive I remember the first Grand Prix I went to back in I think it was 2009, it was a rainy Silverstone, but I remember on one of the practice days watching the Formula 1 yeah. cars go through Maggots Beckett's and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was literally, you know, sparks flying, the cars were so nimble then, they were darting, you know, left, right, left, right. Yeah, it was just um, such a cool experience as a kid and I, I literally just fell in love with F1 straight away. Like, that is the perfect place to fall in love with this sport, isn't it? Go watch there. Well, I'll tell you what, yes, it is. And the thing I remember as well going in before I was in, in a Formula One car itself was actually driving into the circuit. Sometimes I got there a little bit later. Maybe there's a warm up. The warm up was going on. But about four to five miles away, you could hear it because of the noise was just so, you know, it carried so, so far. So, yeah. yes, there was the, uh, the noise was always something. There was a wow factor about that. But there's still a wow factor. I have to say about it now because of just the speed that they, those cars do now and the challenge that is is still there for, for those drivers on the grid. Yeah, it's a huge challenge that Silverstone provides. It's the best, I feel like it's one of the best tests on the calendar for, you know, how good a car is, how good a driver is with that, that car. You know, that's where normally you can see some special laps in qualifying around Silverstone. You know, you can see, you know, the cream rise to the top. What do you think about this weekend then, Johnny? Like where where's your head at? How do you think it's all gonna unfold off the back of what we've just seen in, in Austria? Yes. Well predictions. Should we have a little, a little chat about our predictions? Yeah. So sure, I'm gonna show should. I'm gonna show I'm gonna show which one am I gonna choose? Oh no, I'm gonna choose that one there. Well that that's my predictions. Max Charles Sergio. Yeah. Oh no, that's the wrong one. Sorry, that's the wrong one. I was about to say <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, the wrong one. Which one was yeah, Max George uh, Lewis. Yeah, got that completely wrong. Yeah, I feel like I might have got that one a little bit better than you, mate. Yes, yes. I predicted a Red Bull 1-2, I believe. You did, you did. Yeah, yeah. so I got a 1-3. Yeah. And then who else did I put on the podium? I, put, I think I put a Merck on the podium I as well. You I, I, I can't George. remember what you put. I That's I put why I wrote it down. Yeah. But anyway, I don't need to see my ring <laughs> down to know that my prediction were closer than That's why I yours. made up I mean, one. Mercedes had one of their worst. Yes, they can. did. I tell you what, very briefly talking about that, remember that when they came up, they upgraded Monaco, then obviously the next couple of races, they were quite good. Barcelona, yeah, quite good. Uh, Canada, Canada, they were quite they were good. Remember we were talking about, well, it's actually seeing how consistent that will be when it comes together, especially after Barcelona. Went to Canada, looked as if it was doing really, really good. And then go to Austria, and it was back to normal for them, wasn't it? So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. going into Silverstone, 
I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting after the Grand Prix on the Sunday, I got a chance to speak to Toto, yeah. and he was saying that Canada, they were actually not expecting to be that competitive. They didn't think it would suit mm. their package, and they were up there. And then this weekend in Austria, they thought they'd be a bit closer to the mix. They were And they struggled. That's so, worrying, though. Yeah, That's worrying. It's, just, it's, it's slightly worrying. worrying. Like you say, it could, if a team doesn't know where, what suits their car or which weekends they're more than likely to excel at, then that makes it tricky. But a lot of teams did bring upgrades to yes. Austria. You know, McLaren, Lando Norris, you know, another Brit that's worth, you know, talking about because he got driver of the day top five you know McLaren's best result of the season good to see yeah I think that's probably the best springboard possible for Lando going into the British Grand Prix no yeah I, I think it is again it's a circuit he's done well at where he got his first podium it's a short circuit everything looks a lot lot closer because of how short the the track is but it's a tricky track to get the car to work for you so I think that is a good sign for McLaren because going into Silverstone yes we've got a lot of fast corners but you've also got some tricky technical corners at the at the same point. So you need a car that will respond to the input that the driver puts into it. And for Lando, that is a positive thing of going to a, a race weekend. I don't know what the expectations were. I don't think they were super high, but they came out of it in a very positive way. Now, you can take all that to, to Silverstone at a, at a track that when you're feeling confident, I think we both know this, you just are able to get that something little extra and it's your home grand prix as well yeah that all adds to it i mean the one thing that we did have this weekend just gone in austria was the fact that it was a sprint race for True. all the teams that brought new upgrades they didn't really get much time to really you know test it out and i actually think when i think mm -hmm. about mercedes as a team i feel like they always thrive off those extra practice sessions and having friday night to go through the data i remember a few grand prix where they've struggled in fp1 and fp2 and they've turned it around for the Saturday FP3 and quali. So I do think that I, I, I'd expect Mercedes to be able to get back to a good spot for, for Silverstone. More upgrades to, to come from them. McLaren as well, they're bringing a further upgrade to yeah, the one Alpine, they brought in Austria. For again, yes. Yeah, it feels like Silverstone's a hot spot yeah. for upgrades. There's going to be a lot of up, updated cars. So again, that's going to make our jobs of predicting things even trickier, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah, but it's... But I think at the end of the day, this is exactly what we want to see. We want to see these these teams and, and drivers sort of have a car that will respond to themselves. The team want the upgrades to work for them as well. And a circuit that does seem to be a good tester for these upgrades. It was always Barcelona, wasn't it? Everyone sort of said all the upgrades used to come at Barcelona. But Silverstone seems to be becoming a, a popular choice for that. And I think it was Mercedes in many respects that started off this Silverstone trend for upgrades so it's good to see that uh, Silverstone is doubly important because obviously this is a track that they will know if they've got the right ingredients or they're going in the right direction yeah definitely they Silverstone seems to be a bit of a hot spot not just for updates though this weekend we've got a special new livery yeah. on one of the cars a Silverstone special a throwback I mentioned 2009 when I was watching McLaren had a certain livery back then uh with an element of chrome yes. to it, and it, they've they've gone back to that again. I don't know what you you think about it, but I used yeah. to love that Vodafone, you know, McLaren, the chrome livery. That was for me. That was like I say, that's when I grew up with F one. That those were the cars I w I was watching. So to see McLaren sort of have a little bit of a throwback to that, I think it's going to be a uh, yeah. It's going it, to I think it looks mega. Yeah, I, I and he did he did way back uh, in those uh, 
sort of 2000, sort of 2008, 2009. It just looked so damn awesome. I have to say, it's the best, one of the yeah. best colours I think I've ever seen in a on a Formula One car. So yeah, it's it's lovely that it's going to be back in some shape or form. And then what would be wonderful as well that they actually have a successful weekend at the same time because again it's one of those teams we always want to see mclaren williams is the other one i'm always supporting it's got such they got heritage haven't they yeah but we want them back to those successful ways being in the mix and they're sort of getting closer there's still a lot of work that needs to be done but it would be lovely for it to sort of start let's say at silverstone do you know the one thing that i think is a shame when i look at that the the liveries though nowadays it, because of the weight factor, how much carbon fiber they have exposed all the teams now and how they try and save yeah. weight by, you know, not painting the full car. I'm like, just up the weight limit for this weekend. Let everyone paint <laughs> their cars properly. I want more of the crime. I want more of it. I don't want this weight issue to no, be No, no, no. You want more of it. Of course, they don't want more of it because that's obviously a performance thing for them. Yeah, I, I, they're all complaining about the weight anyway. I know there's a big there's a lot of talk about trying to reduce the weight, especially for 2026. So I know there's a lot of work behind the scenes going on about the reduction in the weight. I know the halo, for example, is a real heavy piece of kit. Yeah, it needs to be. It needs to be, but also there's a lot of talk. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of carbon fiber sort of involved with it as well. So maybe there is a way of structurally making it as strong as it is, but trying to reduce it from a weight point of view. So I know there's a lot of talk about that. But paint, yeah, it's always fascinated me, and probably Red Bull. Maybe with the very early ones to sort of make the thinnest paint, which was the matte paint, because everything used to be all glossy. But of course, gloss is is weighty, but the matte is a much yeah. lighter one. So I think I think it was Red Bull that maybe sort of kicked all that off. If I my memory serves me correct, I remember Ferrari doing it in the early days as well. It just sums up the world for me, one that doesn't it? That you know the R and D that goes into these things. Where can we find the next hundred for a second? I know. Let's have one less layer of paint on the car. No, I, know. I remember in my day, there was spray paint or spray uh, drag or reduction drag paint that was tried and tested and polishes that were put on the cars. They didn't last very long <laughs> at, at all. They never made any yeah, difference. Yeah, there's, there's a new thing that comes Always. about very often in the world of Formula 1 when it comes to saving weight and making those marginal yeah. gains. Right, we're going to take a little short break and then when we come back, we're going to continue to talk all things Silverstone in the build-up to this weekend. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Hope you've been enjoying it so far. Uh, Johnny, so if you remember, last year, a fairly hefty shunt happened. You know, Guan Yu yep. Zhou at Turn 1. I mean, that was a huge one, wasn't it? Firstly, just throwing it back to, to last year's race. Uh, luckily, everyone came out of that one unscathed. But yeah, huge, huge crap. Yeah, spectacular one. Yeah. yeah with George and, and uh, Grand Yu uh, having their coming together and of course then it was that little sort of pirouette slip over the fence after sort of you know grinding the roll yeah. loop off of the car and then going over the fence uh, as well digging in in the gravel which trap now yeah. obviously that's where they've they're going to be changing turn one uh to to make it you know hopefully absorb that type of crash uh in the future hopefully we won't see that type of crash again but because it was quite a freaky yeah. crash in many many respects how the whole yeah. thing started to how it ended i don't think anybody could have planned that in any shape or form i've never seen a, a car formula one car flip spinning over a fence and then landing in a tiny little gap at the other side of it so yeah so things have been changed to to improve uh hopefully a situation we won't see again yeah no we definitely don't want to don't want to see stuff like that um so yeah hopefully those changes have, have made things safer Let's have a little talk about the weekend from our perspective, yes. mate. We're both going to be there, you know, working, doing our stuff, but we've got a cool opportunity that's popped up, haven't we? We love our fans, don't we, Billy? We do indeed, yeah. Johnny Herbert had a fan club for, for that reason. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Only had about four uh, in them, no fan club at the time. <laughs> no, it's it's good. But he cares for them. I, t- I tell you what, Billy, you know it. You go to Silverstone for the Grand Prix and the British fans, I know there's there's a lot of other people from all over the world coming to Silverstone, but the British fans have always been a fantastic support mechanism for the drive. Going way back, I remember Mansell Mania. I couldn't, when I won in 95, I couldn't hear anybody cheering around in the grandstands. Maybe they weren't. Maybe that's why I didn't hear it. I'm not sure. Nigel, <laughs> back in 92, said he heard the crowd cheering on those last couple of laps around the corner. But to see the emotion that they they put towards the drivers when they're getting close to going across the that, that uh, start finishing line and that checkered flag. But it's also, isn't it, coming into the circuit. You know, the sort of hundreds and thousands is sort of, queue up to try and see the drivers when they they come in the in the gates it's it's fantastic that they keep coming back the generations keep changing and they're still coming there from the dads that i used to see mum and dad in the early days when i was racing there bringing their kids along but now it's their kids bringing their kids and that's what's so wonderful to see that the enthusiasm is still an important part of one of the biggest sporting events in the uk yeah, you definitely feel like as a British driver turning up at the British Grand Prix that it's worth a couple of attempts, that support, isn't it? You know, if it feels like you've got something in your back pocket, especially seeing the likes of, you know, having three Brits on the grid this year, you know, George, you know, yeah. Lewis, Lando, you know, I'm sure they're all going to want to deliver. Um, Lewis normally does at Silverstone. It's always a place yeah. he's gone well at. But yeah, what was it like? Johnny, to, obviously you've uh, you know you're part of an elite group of drivers that have won the British Grand Prix. What what was that feeling like? Because I can't imagine it. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's a very hard thing to explain when you're in the cockpit. Of course, I had I had two things going on because obviously I'd had my accident and I was sort of had this opportunity to win my first Grand Prix at my home Grand Prix and going through all the pain that I had to had to do in Austria when I was doing my rehab. 
everything I had to do to get myself back in a in a in a cockpit of a racing car and then get to that. Did that all start flooding into your mind whilst yeah, you were driving? That was the initial yeah, that was the initial thought. And then once I'd sort of gone over that, probably I don't know, it's probably about the last three laps. For the last lap, it was actually enjoying the moment and seeing the sea of Union Jacks and the thousands and thousands of fans who were there that, that day standing up. And they're standing up for you. That's that's what's so special about a British driver winning in his home Grand Prix or any driver winning in his home Grand Prix is because the support is there for them. Didn't matter if it was me, if it was Damon, if it was David, if it was Nigel Mansell, whoever. Um, that support was always going to be there for for all of us. And even if, and I was very lucky, as I said, that weekend to win uh, in 95, even when I was struggling a little bit more in the Lotus, probably down in 15th position exactly, or maybe get myself in the top 10 or just outside the points, they were still, there was still a lot of, lot of support for you as well. So it wasn't just yeah. the ones who were at the front. It was actually everybody on the, in the pack gets the very, a very similar support. But yeah, to, to see that last lap and just see those Sia fans, you know, waving their, as I said, checker flags, it's, it's awesome. And of course, then it doesn't stop because then there's all the sort of the, the the media scrum that you have sort of after the race. Then it's going in back into the motorhome to see my favorite man of that moment, which was Flavio Briatore, the bastard. Um, <laughs> and then and then and then just enjoying the whole moment on the back of the uh, the the truck that Eddie Jordan had. Uh, with Nick Mason from Pink Floyd and Eddie being on the drums, DC getting up there, myself getting up there, Damon was up there playing a guitar. It was it was a really special special weekend, and it was something. It's a shame we don't have uh, Eddie sort of there with that truck anymore because he just added to the whole the whole weekend. And where's the trophy, mate? Where's it's up there somewhere it? behind me? Yeah, yeah. If you can see, I'm pointing. I'm pointing, but it's yeah, behind. Yeah, see. it's up. There. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, it. I'll open it up. There you go. Yeah, open out for us. Let's there have a little go. look at that. There she cool. is. That's a stunner, that is. Yeah, she is. She is a good one. But it's not the gold one, because, of course, the gold one is actually the trophy you're presented on the on the podium. But, of course, I got I got yeah. that gold uh, trophy. And in probably in about, let's have a think, about two seconds, it was gone. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. That quick. They that were just quick. in, out. Yeah. And then yeah. I never saw it again. I think I only saw it about four, five, six years ago. Where Surely we were... you're allowed to go and just pick it up every no, now and then. Give, no, give it no, 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 no. It's a special piece. It's a special That's piece. Criminal. It's a bit like the FA Cup with football. That, again, that has like an arm, arm guards following it around wherever it goes around and i think you've got the same situation with uh with the gold trophy as well which is lovely at least you've got that yes. one in yeah you know in the back of shot as well <laughs> nicely done mate nicely done L looks really smart up yeah. there but looking forward to it because basically we've got a live lift the lid podcast yeah yeah i guess we should actually <laughs> say what we've got <laughs> forgot we went on a bit we went a little bit <laughs> off topic there but yeah we we've got a live podcast at silverstone happening do you want to tell the fans about where they can find us? Well, I think it's going to be in one of the uh, campsites. Well, I think that. Yeah, one of the campsites. Yeah, which I think is it the Hamilton campsite. We're going to be doing it in the Cam Hamilton campsite. I believe so, but we'll we'll let you guys know on social media. Yes, everyone listening, exactly the, the details of yeah the Hamilton Fields. I think it is. Fields, but we'll, okay. we'll let you guys know where it's going to be exactly but yeah friday evening we'll be doing a live podcast yeah. which be a lot of fun so you guys can 
please Whoever's come there along. can all come down, ask some questions. You know, it's going to be a really fan-involved podcast. Yeah, that's Friday. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I am, because I've always enjoyed engaging with the fan. Always have done. When I was driving, yeah. I did it. When I was doing my stuff with Sky, I did it. And I still do today, because I, I know how important you are as fans because without you i would Dude. not have been able to drive around a circuit as fast as i i could um and because of your support just being there throughout the weekend and not just that weekend throughout my career damon's hey. career uh mark blundell's career we all had you supporting us from those very early days i think lewis hamilton is the same george russell you know you, you went to watch them when they were doing formula three when they're at Silverstone, and then they got themselves in Formula One. So, I I try to make as much time as I possibly can. Always have done because I think it's an important thing. So, um, so Billy will be there wanting to chat to all of you, and I will introduce you to to Billy. Yeah, me that. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny can be introduced. He knows you all so well. <laughs> but looking forward to it, Billy. Yeah, brilliant dude. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Just a, a quick one before um, we go. Uh, we wanted to just talk a little bit about Austria and about the penalties. It's worth mentioning that going into this weekend at Silverstone, isn't it? Yeah. About, you know, yeah. all that went down on that Sunday race at Austria. Yeah. What did you make of the whole track limits drama? And is it something you think we'll see at Silverstone? I think there's less chance of seeing it at Silverstone, just the way the track is. I think most of the corners that we have there, the ability to sort of go over those... That white line is pretty limited, to be personally honest. You've probably got the... The, the only ex- place I can think of is Stowe a little bit. The exit of Stowe yeah, sometimes. A little bit of Stowe exit, there um, is. There's a little bit of the exit of Luffield, maybe. Yeah, a little bit yeah, there. But it's, and the, the final it's corner. Huge, and the final corner. Yeah. That's probably... But you don't see it very often, I have to say. Um, as, no. as much as you do. And it's one of those things, as much as you surprisingly do in Austria. Some sort of say, well, that the track sort of, you know, Formula One have outgrown it. We shouldn't go back to it and everything else. But um, Max Verstappen, I think he won the race that that weekend, Max Verstappen. Uh, he went off once. George Russell. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think Joe Grant knew. They didn't yeah. go off. Now, yeah. if they are able to do it, why can't Everyone the others? Is. It's possible. It's how much you want to push those limits to be perfectly honest and i think i i look at the way the penalties were dealt with you know how hotly it was looked after and i think as a driver you can't complain no. about getting those penalties no, because it's not you know a judge of facts that's getting some of them right and some of them wrong they went for it you know yeah. with like a you know a really detailed approach yeah. you know looked at all these different images made the call and the penalties were dished out and everyone knew the rules before the race started so yes and they were all talking to their engineers on the radio saying, you know, we've got this, you know, we've got a warning. One, here we go off again, it's a five-second penalty. At that point, what you do, it, how far you push it, that's all in your own regard. That's your your own decision. So, yeah, I think uh, penalties were fair. There's a lot of them, a lot clearly. Of them, yes. Uh, um, a lot <laughs> even of time penalties. Even after the yeah, race. Yeah, even yes. after. Yeah, I was out in Austria. I remember being at the restaurant that evening because we were flying back on the Monday, just having a schnitzel, just to, you know, chill out. And next thing you know, all these penalties come through. I'm like, this is three and a half hours after the Grand Prix. Yeah. So that's the only thing I, from my perspective that, you know, you'd like to see it be a bit quicker. You yes. know, like VAR and football, you'd like the decisions to be a little bit snappier. But 
we're talking fine margins yeah. here, so I do get it's it's a difficult one, Billy, because you sort of say, well, the, the you know it could have been a bit quicker, but it's not just the stewards are not just looking at those track limits. There is so much yeah. else they're having to look at throughout that throughout the race. Now, just to sort of say, right, we're just only going to look at track limits. You know, that seems to be a bit of a waste of every everybody's time in many respects. But the responsibility to me still comes down to the drivers. The drivers know it. If you want to push those boundaries and go over those track limits, fine. But you do that and you know there's going to be a penalty coming your way. You can't argue, oh, and I had someone say, I can't remember who it was now. I think if it was Sergio Perez, he may have said something about, oh, but he, he made the race a little bit on the qualifying, a little bit frustrating and a little bit, uh, he put a bit of a downer on it because we were getting these penalties. And you go, well, no, that's absolutely as it should be. If you put a 500-foot drop the other side of that white line, you would not have seen a car go down 500 foot down the side of it or, or, or concrete wall on the edge of the track. And I've heard drivers say, well, I can't see the white line. So when I get there, I can't see the white line. Well, I'm sorry, you don't look at the cockpit and look down at the white line. You you know no, you're you judging ahead it ahead. You can put the left wheel on that white line if you want. You can put the center of your nose directly over that white line and you can put your right tire, if we're going around the right, right, right hand corner like we are at turn nine and ten, on that white line, white line as well. You can judge that, but it's how much you're willing to push those boundaries. And if and, and again, as I said before, if you if you push it over, well, you're going to get a penalty for it. But be smart. Don't give yourself a little bit of leeway like Max did. You know, he did it once and then didn't do it again. He did it in qualifying. Then he got himself together again and he got himself on pole. So, yeah, it, the skill sets are there more than there to do it. As far as speed goes, I know the teams sort of complained about it, like you mentioned, Billy, but it shouldn't be about blaming the FIA, personally, blaming the FIA and saying the speed, it wasn't quick enough, we should have known faster, da, 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 da. No, the driver shouldn't have been abusing it. Yeah. They shouldn't have been going off the track, personally. Yeah, complete, completely you can't agree, argue mate. You can't argue it. No, you can't argue it. I think the penalties were fair. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully we see less of it for this weekend. I think it's so. Dope drivers can take something away from that and know that yes you know if there are any opportunities at Silverstone to do that it's not worth it because the FIA will be looking at it rigorously clearly yeah and it, are we looking at seconds gained by doing what we're doing no milliseconds 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 and I know everybody's looking for as much time as they possibly can but it's it's a hell of a lot better than a five second penalty or a ten second penalty a five second penalty no matter if you did it every single lap, you wouldn't gain five no, seconds never back, get any back from going no, off. Absolutely never. no way. So what's the point? Why why risk? There's you know, yeah. life's a risk anyway. Racing a full any race car is, is a risk. Racing a Formula One car, there's a risk. But don't do an extra risk that may ruin your weekend. Seems seems completely silly to me. But I know I've seen comments where they sort of say, Yeah, we shouldn't go back there. Um, and, the, you know, the, it's crazy that track limits are coming to play. They should just get rid of track limits and so they should go where, they, where, where they're able to go. Well, I'm sorry. My argument with that is the skill, the skill, he's been able to stay, stay on the track and go round the fastest way that way. That wows me. Somebody just whizzes off, off the circuit and then comes back on again, but there is no penalty, let's say. Well, that's not skillful in any shape or form. So I want to see these these penalties because that just shows you know that you can't do it 
and the ones who the do do it get the reward. Yeah. And we had three drivers who got rewarded rewarded for it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that one. Before we get into our predictions, there's something that is uh, is definitely worth you know making people aware of that might be aware of it, and it's a it's a sad situation. Yeah. Um, what ha- the events that happened at Spa uh, this weekend just gone with um, the poor 18-year-old Delano Vanterhoff uh, who had an accident just coming over the top of the hill at Eau Rouge and has passed away. Um, so from me and Johnny, we just wanted to share our condolences to the family and uh, yeah, just wanted to pledge our support to everything that's going on over there with the family and send them all our best because obviously it's a terrible thing to have happened never want to see anything like that in the world of motorsport so no. yeah our thoughts and prayers are with the family and everyone involved over there at spa horrible situation yeah there's a uh, been a news that have come out in the last day or so around that saying that on ch- next tuesday the 11th of july out in the netherlands there's going to be uh, a ceremony that people can go over to and sort of pay their respects to delano the family everything like that which is a, a really touching situation and also uh, delano's family in light of what's happened, have set up a, a, a foundation to support the recovery and rehabilitation of drivers that have had right after racing incidents. Uh, obviously, I've had my own incident. You have had the same, Johnny. Uh, and we think it's a great cause. And that for me, it shows a real strength in that family that that's their their approach off the back of you know losing their son in such a tragic manner. That their mind is straight on you know setting up this foundation and hit in Delano's memory. Yeah. And, um, you know, how they can help others that may go through something similar or, or sustain injuries in motorsports. So, yeah, amazing to see that. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be a huge amount of support and people there to um, to celebrate Delano chasing his dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Billy. Uh, and Delano, the family, uh, uh, you know, I think everybody uh, will be supporting you for a, as, as long as you need, because it's always it's a. Uh, a horrible situation to to see for one be there and then go through uh, the aftermath of it but well said billy right then johnny to to finish the podcast as always mate um predictions for the british grand prix where where's your head at with this one well i i i think max i think that's quite straightforward i suppose from from that point of view then it's going to be quite difficult because i think we've mentioned about the upgrades that are coming now it's who's the one who's going to be able to get the right um, configuration for Silverstone and try and get the best out of the car. I, I tell you what, I think the Ferrari, I'm going to have to put the Ferrari there. I'm going to put Charles Leclerc second. Um, and then ooh, I'll probably go, I'm going to put Sergio, Sergio third. So you get going Max Verstappen, yeah, Charles, Charles Leclerc, Sergio, Sergio Perez. Yeah. So that was, that's the same as what you tried to make up after the Austrian Grand Prix. I was getting where... ahead of myself. You were getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> you, you you pre-wrote out the result that's just happened at the last Grand Prix. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I, and I can see that sort of happening again because I think the Ferrari looks good. Hopefully, it's something that they will be able to continue. Max, we obviously know. And Sergio, again, on his day, he can prove like he did again. His racing was fantastic. He came through from yeah, further 15th. back. Yeah, and he came back and through did the job. Third. If we see more of that, you know, we'd see him in a much better position as far as the championship goes. But uh, let's hope it's something that carries on through. But then the difficulty really, isn't it, is 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 seeing if the Mercedes is going to be competitive again and even the McLaren might come into into the middle of that as well. So the, the, it's not just a dumb thing. And then the one the one 
uh, team I haven't brought up is Aston Martin. Same thing. So it's apps. It's really, really difficult. I think to to predict, but I'm sticking with what I've just said. Yeah, Ferrari have got a good track record uh, as well. At, yeah, at Silverstone. I remember Charles saying straight off the back of you know the result in Austria. You know, obviously that was a positive step for them in the right direction. And he said, "I'm looking forward to Silverstone. It's a place that we normally do pretty well out." Carlos Sainz won that race last year, the British Grand Prix. Yeah. So. I do think, as much as you always give me stick for it, Johnny, it's interesting that now you've gone and you know you've joined me with the Ferrari, always putting a Ferrari in there. You're back, you're back to Ferrari being up the sharp end, okay. aren't you? Now? Yeah, yes, I am. Come on then, Billy, tell us, tell us yours. I think a red one might be in the in your uh, uh, three. Come on, tell us. I'm obviously going to go for Max Verstappen for the win. I mean, yeah, he just won the Austrian Grand Prix by twenty seconds. That says a lot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> by staying on the track uh, yeah yeah and stayed on the track I, I'm actually going to put Checo in second oh okay so I'm going the Red Bull one to, again I so I, I said this last weekend I just think that Red Bull that, you know Silverstone's got a bit of everything hasn't yeah. it it's got high speed corners long straights you know some slow speed stuff I think they're the best all round package they'll suit most corners on the track I don't think there'll be any parts where they really struggle agreed um, so I'm going Red Bull 1-2 uh, and it wouldn't be a British Grand Prix prediction from me without putting a Brit oh, on the podium oh, oh, oh yes and I don't want to jinx it Alex I Albon. really don't Alex want Albon. To... well done <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great to see I'll tell you, that'd that, be brilliant that to see. would be a that'd be a, a shock I'm sure the British fans <laughs> even if it was Alex Albon yes. they would be loving the fact that he got a podium the, there the, tie brick, you know, the brick tie whatever yeah, it is yes yeah <laughs> it feels like with Alex Albon it's like an Andy Murray situation in the tennis when he loses he's Scottish and when he wins he's British <laughs> indeed indeed <laughs> they do very well another good result actually just quickly in uh, in uh, Nostra as well. Looking to do a good job. There, yeah, so. no, Alex again yeah. another strong result. But yeah. I'm gonna, go I'm gonna put, uh, go I'm gonna put drum roll, Lewis, drum roll. Uh, I've done it before the drum roll. I said Lewis. Oh, you did. Oh, right. damn, <laughs> Okay, Sorry. that makes sense. No, 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 no. I, I get that. that I just think sense. Uh, with the new upgrades on the car potentially to come, and also the last few races, I just think he seems to be at the minute able to get a little bit more out of it than George. That might change. It might change. I agree. The, la- the last few races, it seems like he's been the more comfortable one uh, in qualifying, more th- more so than the race. Obviously, George had a good race out in Austria, or a couple of good races with the sprint race. But yeah, for me, Red Bull won two, Max Checo, Lewis is uh, third, I think. Yeah. Ferrari, mate, you know, we've switched that role as you've put a Ferrari in well, there. I've gone against Do you know it. what I'm going to do very quickly? Why I've gone gone for the Ferraris? Because in Austria, they're actually quite flowing corners that you've got all yeah. the way around that circuit. It's a very similar thing at Silverstone. It's quite a flowy type of track. And I think that's where the Ferrari, I, I think the, it will perform, perform very well. But you're right. And as I said, when I was trying to choose my three, it's very hard because it seems to be quite a a mixed bunch that we've got behind the Red Bull, where it's moving around all over the place. Has done, you know, so far uh, this season, and I think that's where it's very, very difficult to choose what's going on behind. Because actually, what's going on behind the Red Bulls is brilliant, and it's all mixed up, yeah. and we don't know. We just want the pack of cars that yes. are all mixed up behind Red Bulls to just be quick enough to challenge the Red Bulls. Because if we had that, we'd have about five teams battling for the victory. And all of a sudden, it's like the best Grand Prix season ever. So yeah. 
you know, that's all we're waiting for is those, you know, teams that are just sat behind the Red Bull car to click into gear and us to have, you know, five teams being able to challenge for regular podiums and victories. Yeah. But you know, we can only dream. We can only dream. <laughs> yes, we can. But it's 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 getting closer, I think, to actually come in, uh, come in to be a reality with a little bit of luck. Yeah, I agree, mate. It, it's definitely coming. This season is hotting up and I'm really looking forward to this British Grand Prix. Yeah, at Silverstone. So hopefully we see many of you guys that listen to the podcast. Hopefully we we see you in and around the paddock. Come say hi, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and if you can get down to you know Hamilton Fields on the Friday evening for our live podcast, which is like Johnny said earlier, is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And again, I'm looking forward to to meeting you, the fans, once again because you, as, as I said before, have been an important part of it and Silverstone itself. I have to say, over all the years that I've been going there, they make it bigger and better every time. The entertainment factor uh, is so impressive nowadays. When I first went there, they were just sort of burger bars. That was it. Now, there's music, there's the burger bars are there, there's the museum, which is wonderful, actually, to pop in and see what's what's in the in the museum as well so and the yeah. facility is 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 wonderful as well yeah it's going to be a real mega weekend so that's it that's our silverstone preview mate the next time we'll be you know is. doing one of these podcasts it will be live it will be at the british grand prix uh like i say can't explain how excited we are to to see you guys there so that's it from us on lift the lid for the silverstone preview and we will catch you guys at the British Grand Prix. So it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me as well. See you there. See ya. This has been a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Andy Bell.